Well, hello. Hello again, and welcome to Mondo Rando Radio on MidtownRadio.ca. I should say welcome back, Ashley. This is, after all, the start of a brand new season, and we are just raring to go. My name is Randolph J. It's a pleasure to be back with you once again. And if you're new to this program, well, the premise of this show is very simple. Uh, Each week, we're going to be hosting intimate and interactive chats with familiar friends and fascinating strangers about their passions. Now, what does that mean? Well, it depends on the guest. From week to week, we could be talking about parasailing or reupholstering furniture, bird watching, or watch repair, anything that gets our guests excited. They'll be sharing their fondness for the various subjects that help shape who they are, and occasionally, they may even share their strategies for dealing with everything else in life. It's my hope that their passion for what they believe in and what they enjoy may be infectious, may be contagious, may inspire you to pick up a new hobby and at the end of the day we're just going to learn a little more about the hobby that our guests are passionate about so without further ado we'll begin with our guest this week it's nathan lee nathan is a financial advisor by day but he's also the co-host of legendary tactics now legendary tactics is a popular youtube channel devoted to nathan's love of board games So we'll begin that conversation in just a moment. But first, a reminder, if you'd like to touch base with me anytime on this program, my email address is radiorando, that's radiorando at gmail.com. Radiorando literally means just some guy on the radio. Radiorando at gmail.com. You can also find this program on Facebook if you look for Mondo Rando. It's two words, Mondo Rando. You'll see my smiling face there. If you have an idea for a future guest, if you yourself are passionate about something, well, touch base with me. Let's have a conversation and maybe we can help you share that passion with the world. But right now it's time to enjoy a conversation with our good friend, Mr. Nathan Lee on Mondo Rando Radio. Welcome, Nathan Lee. Nathan, it's so nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. And I know the audience is only listening to us. They can't see you, but well, you're, that's a good you're, thing. You're a that's sight a to behold. Thing. No, no, you look happy. You look rested. You look lovely. And I want to thank you for joining us on what some were, were calling a proof of concept. But now we're back with a proper full uh, season, which is great because we great. We, tr- we gave this a try a while ago and ran into a lot of technical issues. But we're back, and it's very happy to. I'm very glad you're able to be with us for our very first reboot broadcast of Mondo Rando Radio. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Looking forward Ma- to it. Oh, and Mondo Rando, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, literally just means a lot of stuff, but nobody knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, particularly apt. I like it. <laughs> Does it ever. Okay, so Nathan, among other things, is a board game fan. We're talking about board yes. games today, and uh, you know, we want to learn a little bit more about it. What got you into board games? What makes board games uh, such a, a, a fascination for you? And what would you suggest to anyone looking to get into the world of board games? And, you know, any anything else you'd care to share? Sure. I can right. always chat how, how much time you got. Uh, we got <laughs> as much time as, uh, well, let's put it this way. Eventually, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. So we're going to call that <laughs> a okay. hard stop. We'll call it a okay, hard stop. That sounds good. <laughs> Although th- th- nothing about a hard stop in the bathroom sounds good. Anyway, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, we're going to begin. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you where who are you what do you do when did you get into board games well um i'm uh oh i guess originally so i'm i'm um i'm actually working in financial services but um i've always 
enjoyed board games or at least a good portion of my life. So, um, well, growing up, I mean, I would have played, I played the same games that everyone else would have, you know, Monopoly, Risk. Uh, Crap, craps, you shot a lot of craps, you know. Yeah, exactly. So um, the the kind of when things went to the next level, I actually have a very specific memory about this. So um, I was um, we were I was twelve, we were or eleven, sorry, we were going down to Florida for a family vacation, and it was our first real trip out. My my parents had their own business; it was hard for them to get away, um, and so we did short va- vacations. But this was like the first real vacation down to Florida doing Disney world and, and all sort of, you know, Cape Canaveral and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I've always been a nerd, so I really liked, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. That was great. Uh, especially all the sciencey stuff and, and whatever. And I've always had an interest in history. So, um, coming back, um, we, we popped into a mall, I guess it was, uh, you know, 1987's version of cross-border shopping. We were just picking up some things, uh, looking for deals and I remember going into a specific store. I don't remember the name of the store, but I went in there and inside there, there was a game there called Bismarck and Bismarck re- uh, refers to the, not the statesman of the 1800s. Was it 1800s. the herring? Could it have been the herring or was it the battleship? It was the battleship. And, and the game basically uh, recreates the uh, conflict, uh, the, the part of the battle for the North Atlantic uh, which was encapsulated in essentially a couple weeks uh, where the British were trying desperately to sink this unsinkable battleship called the Bismarck. And you know and how they did it with the swordfish. That's the little... They did. They okay. did, absolutely. Am, oh, I getting, know, am, I getting ahead of, am I getting ahead of the story? No, no, not at all. I mean, I to, to be honest, this the story is so dramatic and so interesting. And there have been a couple movies made, but they were back in like the 60s. And I'm just blown away that there's no studio picking this story up because I just think it's full of amazing drama. Um, it really is. It it's an it, amazing story. And it boils down to such simplicity. For those who don't know, the Bismarck was I don't you want to share the story if you like, but ahead, basically yeah. it was an unsinkable fortress and it was the terror of the seas. They didn't know where it was, when it was the it just would appear and it could blow anything out of the sky or off the waves from miles yeah. away. Yep. And when they and it it fell to this little tiny biplane because they were running out of planes to throw at this ship, and it kept trying to drop torpedoes on it, but it was going so slow and it was so sloppy they couldn't actually hit it. But at the same time, the Bismarck couldn't shoot them down because they were flying too slow. So eventually, yeah, I yeah I'm not sure of that detail actually. That's new to me. But well, basically, yeah. the, the the guns are calibrated to f- trace a plane, so it would mm-hmm. go to a certain speed, the speed the plane's going. Yeah. But the problem is the biz the these swordfish were so slow and erratic they couldn't track it, mm-hmm. and so eventually one of these torpedoes just happened to lodge in the rudder of the Bismarck, yes. so it yeah. would just only be able to go in a circle, and that's ultimately how they. And it was it. literally the last chance they had because it was the last day before um, <clears throat> it would have uh, successfully the Bismarck would have successfully and triumphantly returned to France having sunk the pride of the British Navy, which was the hood. The hood, yes. Um, and damaging the Prince of Wales um, battleship as well <laughs> in straight straight ahead combat. And it was the last ditch effort. And they only had this aircraft, this old aircraft carrier called the Ark Royal. Um, and they sent some swordfish planes. And yeah, exactly. And they managed to hit the rudder. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and from then it was 
paralyzed. There's nothing it could do, and they just sent in all these ships to blow it <laughs> blow it away. Yeah. But yeah, but it's an amazing story, and this game recreates that um, you know that history. And I had never seen anything like it before because, again, most games, especially back, you know, in the 80s and Canada, there were, you know, you just you had risk, you had monopoly. Those were games. And this was something that I just I just found it was just so unique and so incredible that you could step into the shoes of these, you know, military commanders, these, you know, admirals or whatever, and you could change history but even more so, even if even if history played out the same way, a lot of times the best of these games put you in the, in in those shoes, and then you end up making the the same decisions as the historical counterparts made, not you know just because it made sense from their point of view. And I love that idea of just kind of stepping into their shoes for uh, a couple of hours and getting a sense of what it may have been like. Right. So uh, as opposed to being an armchair quarterback the next day, it's like, okay, Mr. Armchair Quarterback, you're actually going to recreate the game and see if you would have done something different. It's an armchair general. There's actually a website called Armchair Armchair General, which is <laughs> that kind of <laughs> they review games and stuff. Oh, but uh, but that's what started it. And um at the time, you know, I was only uh eleven, um, so I was pretty young. And we went down to Florida again. Um uh, th- maybe two years later, but I, I, inside the box, there was the opportunity, there was a booklet that where you could, you know, like a catalog and you could order games and have them send, send you them. And I just, that to me, was like, wow, that's really cool. So I would just find topics of interest. And so I started kind of building from there and these, you know, by, even by today's standards, some of them were not, are not easy games. You know, they're not ones that, um, you know, where the rules just fit on a, small card or something. Well, speak, the, speaking of which, when you opened the Bismarck and got home and did you find people to play it with? And did you find it complicated? Cause it is a pretty complicated yeah, story. I made my dad play it a couple times. That was uh, interesting. He's definitely he's, has no interest, but he sacrificed <laughs> for the love of his son. I sacrificed uh, his time and so forth. And I, I had a couple of friends that enjoyed those kind of things. Um, I would even play solitaire sometimes as well, if, uh, you know, which is, you know, sometimes it was fun, but I just, I just loved that. And there were, you know, and then as I saved up money and I got in a few more games, um, you know, a, a lot of them historical, you know, kind of things. And I still have them to this day. They're still on my shelf. Um, I just love that recreating history, that sense of, of, of being there almost and being put in that situation and seeing what you would do. Right. So and, you go back to Florida you go back to Florida. Yeah. Went back to Florida and came back and stopped in the same store, and they happen to have different games. And so we, you know, I picked up more and more and more. Um, and uh, and then um, sometime, actually, actually, uh, that continued through high school. Again, some friends, we used to play all these games and everything. And then I hit university, and I had so many other things to worry about. I just more or less stepped away entirely from the hobby. Um, and it wasn't until, um, I think around 2008 when I actually got back into it, it took about, I was, I was away from it completely for about 13 years. Okay. So hang on a second. You're, you're in the financial world. You work in the financial world Mm -hmm. and you waited until 2008 to decide, you know, maybe I need another hobby. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe games. Financial crisis. Exactly. Let someone else deal with that. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to play some games for a while. (laughs) No, it was just something. I don't even know what what really started it. I know I just started like browsing online. The the big 
uh, board game database is called boardgamegeek.com. And um, I started browsing games on there. I don't even remember exactly how it started, but I, I started really researching this one game called Twilight Struggle. And I just, it looked really interesting. And I read reviews. I said it was amazing. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try this one, I'm, uh, you know? And so um, I got that. And that game recreates the Cold War between the United States. And oh, okay. I thought when you said Twilight Struggle, I was thinking, I'm thinking of vampires and werewolves and yeah. teen angst. Yes. Okay. But this is. No, no. It's, it's in reference to a, 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 a speech by John F. Kennedy, where he says, this is, we, we engage upon the Twilight Struggle of, humanity or something like that all right and so yeah i know it does sound like <laughs> like a a, a, teen, <laughs> a, a ya novel uh you know? I'll, I'll, I'll bet i'll bet a lot of kids were opening that bay that game and feeling very much disappointed until they learned yes. a little bit about yeah. it and had fun yeah <laughs> um and i'd had some games i played some games here and there but it wasn't a big focus of mine, but, uh, the, but when Twilight Struggle came along, that game really blew me away again. Just the, the depth of it. It was just, I hit upon the right game at the right time. And, uh, I just, I would just couldn't believe how much depth there was to it, even though it was relatively simple to learn and play our good uh, friend, Andrew can even play. That's how easy it is. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he plays it. Uh, Cause, cause so, he, get, he gets kind of stumped on like Pop-O-Matic Trouble instead of yeah, doing Tizzy. Exactly. <laughs> but good for him. So, yeah. And so that, again, kind of got me back into the historical gaming. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I would limit my purchases to maybe one game every six months or so. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I'd buy here and there. Um, but that just began to pick up steam over over the years um, until eventually um, at the beginning of COVID, um, some friends and I started a YouTube channel about board games. And uh, now we're about three and a half years in. And now it's, <laughs> I've got more games than I have time to play. And it's getting it's kind of funny. Um, in a well, way you're, because, yeah, I was going to say, because we should mention Legendary Tactics is the channel you're talking about. Yes, and it it is it is wonderful to see how someone's passion can yeah. grow into something that you're you're being invited to board game uh, conventions and conferences yeah. and well now we're considered to be the press <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the depress which you know. <laughs> yeah well okay. we, you know we we just found out the other day we were just at a at a, a convention uh, back in August and we hadn't been to this convention in since 2016 because we celebrated our 40th, 40th birthdays me and my buddies and we went down there but we where was it where, where was it at it's in uh, Indianapolis okay it's called Gen Con. Was, uh, there's anywhere from sixty to seventy thousand people that attend. Who? Uh, it's it runs basically four days. It's kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, yeah, it's absolutely packed and it's incredible <laughs> that way. Um, so uh, so we went back down, and this uh, the first time we went in 2016. Uh, it was more just like we couldn't, you know, we were just overwhelmed with you know, uh, everything that was there and just, it was, it is overwhelming regardless. It eventually it just gets to be a bit much, but, um, but this past time we went down, it was more of a, an opportunity to, to connect with publishers and, and other, uh, other gamers for, you know, future collaboration or whatever. So. Sure. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the channel and what you do sure. on the channel. Yeah. So, 
um, <clears throat> we feature a variety of games. Um, we all have, there's, there's myself and two others that, uh, uh that, um, work on the channel and, um, it's a variety show, I guess you could say of board games. Um, and it's our strength, that's our strength and our weakness, because if you love a particular game, we probably have some videos on it, but I wouldn't, ex you know, wouldn't expect a video a week on your favorite game. It's, you know, we kind of have stuff that's, uh, that's a really varied, uh, sort of subject matter that way. Cause we, we're just, uh, we like to describe ourselves as enthusiasts, um, we're not, you know, necessarily experts. We don't pretend to be combined for world championships or anything. We're just enthusiasts. We're just having fun with the hobby. Yeah. And, well, that, uh, that's what hobby is or hobbies and duties. I think those words, yeah. I'm sure there is a subtle difference, but I'm not sure what it is. But I think you would be yeah. an enthusiast <laughs> is a hobbyist. A hobbyist is an enthusiast. But I'm, I'm absolutely positive someone's going to be outraged by that statement. Yeah, so probably. <laughs> so, so, actually, so how have you dealt with it? Do you, do you deal with a lot of outrage online? No, well, we, we like to joke. We, we know our audience very well. And so, cause we are that audience too. Um, but the only, we don't get a lot of outrage. Occasionally we get a comment where someone says they, you know, really didn't like a video or whatever. Um, but the, the main issue that we have in terms of, uh, that sort of thing is just, you know, if we do, a, if we play through a game, uh, for the channel or something, then we'll get a comment saying, at minute 27 and 10 seconds, you move this piece there, but that's obviously not possible due to rule, rule you know, 3.2.5. And, you know, like, so we get people that pay very close attention to those which things. Is, which is incredibly flattering. It is. It is. We, you know, we just kind of smile and, and say, whoops, you got us. You know, <laughs> Good for you. Here's a biscuit. Yeah, You caught it. We, we tried to sneak one in there and you, <laughs> you saw. <laughs> of course, you know, it's sort of like uh, shops used to misspell a word in their sign just so people would come in and engage with them and say, you know, yeah, you spelled yeah, kind of this thing. wrong. Like, oh, what do you know? We didn't realize there were how, that many, how many ends of banana. Okay, sorry. We'll fix that. But in the meantime, please help yourself to a banana. In every video, we make one mistake, and you have to find it. <laughs> it's like it's like trying to find that little gremlin on uh, She-Ra. There was yes. there's a bit that little thing, not a gremlin, but some kind of a yeah. little furry such and such. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. No, we we don't deal with a lot of, of hate mail. It's a very the hobby has a lot of nice people, and even Excellent. the grumpy comments that we will get. We've we we took attack very early on. We you know just in terms of how we were going to handle that, and we just figured the best way to handle it would be like. Oh shucks! Sorry, uh, we didn't mean to offend you by misusing Rule two point five point nine. We yeah. had the best of intentions, and just yeah. having that kind of attitude in our response. Yeah, like would you would you like your money back? No, what was <laughs> yeah. that? You didn't, this didn't yeah. cost you anything to watch this. <laughs> but uh, but it is funny because when we do that then usually they respond like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just had a bad day that day. Or yeah. I just, uh, you know, I really love your channel. You know, whatever. It's, mutu so it's a mutual respect and frustration. People can't always read tone in a, yes. in a message. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great way to approach it with, with a mutual respect and understanding and and a, a tolerance for the odd person without tolerance. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's that's fine. Um, you know, we, 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 we roll with that. It's, but it, in general, it's a very nice yeah. community. And, and how many and, sides on the dice that you roll when you roll with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the dice. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you play a lot of the multi-sided dice games? Um, those 
games are usually associated with things like Dungeons and Dragons and the role-playing games. And it's kind of um, related, but I've never really... Uh, I've never really enjoyed role-playing games. I I don't know why I have tried. I've had decent experiences, but it's never been um it's never been a draw for me. I've never been really uh you know, I've never felt the need to play those games, uh, you know, again or anything. I I like something maybe it's a little more structured, I guess. And I, I a lot of those games like Dungeons and Dragons are very unstructured and, you know, I I, I don't know, they just don't hold my my interest. Well, that's fair. Um, no, nobody's supposed to like everything. Remember? Yeah, and that's it's and different yeah, structure. So, yeah, we we find our niche, and even within our group, like you know, my one friend, uh, he prefers much lighter games, especially games with any sort of negotiation or bluffing, that kind of thing. I'm more of like the heavier game, like the historical themed stuff. And then uh, my other friend will play pretty much anything, but you know he. He uh, is kind of, you know, in many cases, the willing opponent as opposed to the kind of content uh, creator. See, it's interesting uh, you look at it that way. For me, it's always about the amount of time. It's for me, let's play this game. How long am I going to be here? Yes. Is this a game yeah. that's going to take me two hours? It's going to be, it's going to be half an hour? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it really, and that's kind of um, the fun part sometimes is kind of getting a gauge on the audience and what they like. So if I, if I, if you and I were to sit down to play a game, I would have a couple of, of ideas on which ones I think you might enjoy. But if, you know, once I got a sense of who you are, then I can kind of say, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to hit you up with the, uh, with fire in the lake, which recreates the war in Vietnam and takes about, you know, if you play the full game, probably takes about eight hours to play. Not going to bother you with that one. That's, but a, bit, that's a bit heavy, yeah. But, that's but, a bit well, heavy. So, well, you've known me for a long time. What game would you suggest? Well, I would say I, I think actually you might have a lot of fun with uh, what we call abstracts. So those are games which, um, you know, don't necessarily try to recreate any any history per se. So you could say, for example, like checkers is like an abstract or, oh, yeah. or chess, for example. It's not recreating a specific history or anything it's more based in, in in the um the mechanics of the game you sound you so, sound like an art teacher i had who when they said what, what what's my style i think you're abstract i think that's what you should <laughs> yes. focus on <laughs> but they meant it kindly too <laughs> so, oh there's all sorts of, of genres <laughs> you have you have your abstracts you have your euro games they call them euro um and those are more based in sort of economic resource management type of games. All right. Um, they have other types they call Ameritrash, which are games usually with plastic uh, men fighting on the board and you roll, as they say, buckets of dice. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like an Ameritrash uh, game. Uh, there's all sorts of genres and so forth, that, you know, worker placement and, you know, and, and a lot of times you can actually, you know, <laughs> there is a bit of a shorthand where you can, uh, you know, if you're describing a game, you can say, well, it's a worker placement game with a, a, a hint of uh, Dominion, which is a game and maybe a, a dash of, you know, some other game. You know, you can well, I was gonna say, worker placement, a lot of it. Worker placement with a hint of Dominion sounds like a lot of corporate gigs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some mutual friends of ours are currently yeah. enjoying. <laughs> but the funny thing is, if there is actually a board gamer listening to this, they know exactly what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like well, just, that's good. 
an instant uh, an instant understanding. <laughs> that's good because I'm getting about forty percent. So that's yeah. really <laughs> yeah. No, no, is it no? But it is interesting because as a hobby, you say you started in 2008. You started your channel only a few years ago, and you're already yeah. you're at the point where other hobbyists, other enthusiasts, are <laughs> enjoying your content and yeah. actually. Uh, making steps toward letting you know that they enjoy their content. Yeah. They're liking, subscribing, they're doing whatever it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The buttons. They're following your progress. And as I understand it, they're sending you games as well. Well, I mean, the, the fans don't, but the, the, the publishers are. Oh, because, well, they know that because they know your, your big wheels now, your press, as you say. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So at the, at, at the very moment we are recording this, we're at 22,714. Uh, subscribers that's fantastic and yeah and and yeah and it's bigger than i ever thought i remember when we started the channel and and we were kind of t- dreaming our dreams of what it could be and i th- I, I said well you know what if we hit thirty thousand, that would be like i i mean that would be the ultimate i don't think we could top that you know and now that we're almost at 23 it's like oh we, we may be there by next spring you know or maybe even sooner maybe by the you know uh, the end of the year or something like that, you know, how, how, how often do you drop videos? Well, we aim to publish roughly every other day. Oh, wow. That's quite, that's quite, uh, cause you all have full-time jobs, I gather. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is so just part time. Yeah. So every other day. That sounds like a big commitment. Uh, it is, I'm not going to say it isn't, but at the same time we've, we've gotten really kind of efficient, uh, like for example, um, one of, one of my colleagues has set up a little studio, uh, in his barn for us so we can go out there and, you know, and so what we'll do is we'll, we'll open up a game, show what's inside. That'll be one video. Then we'll play a game together and that's another video. And then we'll do a, a review of the game and that's another. So we, we've gotten together for, you know, we'll head up on a Friday afternoon and come back late Saturday. And our record, I think is we did 28 videos in that. Oh time. wow! So, yeah, now those are those still require some editing, but sure. But that's someone really, else's problem. Who who does your yeah, editing? No, for? it's us still. But <laughs> but uh, no, but the the uh, yeah, we 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 just we find it's it's very different from I think a lot of other people on YouTube where they're struggling for ideas. Like <clears throat> I don't know how you find the podcast. Well, but, you're yeah. I don't. I just I turn it on, and there it is. There it is. Yeah. No. No. But just in terms of like, who do I speak to next or whatever? We have like I've got probably about five pages of ideas that I can't like I can't get to. I've got stuff that I like. There's there's endless amounts of ideas. It's all about just deciding what do I want to do and what's gonna what's our audience going to be interested in. Right. But there's endless, endless ideas. Well, I imagine I mean, the ideas basically translate to what game are we going to concentrate on? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at any given time, like right now we're, a, you know, we're kind of, um, we usually have games kind of already set up kind of in advance. I'm just looking now and we're, we're good until kind of the, um, it's probably the second beginning of the second week of October right now. Um, we're okay. doing this in late September. So we're usually in and around two, two weeks, three weeks are ahead of ourselves. So, um, and when that's the case, it's, it's nice. Cause you don't, you don't have any pressure, you know, you, you, you can just kind of work away and, and, uh, you know, it, it gets, you know, put down, you know, it's coming out three weeks from now or whatever. Right. That's a, that's an you know. excellent work habit to engender and, uh, 
and build. And I look forward to those days when, <laughs> yes. in the future, in right. many far in the future, <laughs> when I can plan and address something more than a day yeah. at a time. I look forward to that. <laughs> but no, when you have them in the can, it's a good feeling. So okay, so so do you do you go up um, to this unspecified location in a barn in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. You have your yeah. little ritual, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, yeah I guess so. And, and you spend you spend a couple of uh, overnight and you do a bunch of videos and then you come back and then one of is it one of you that edits or do you kind of share uh, two that of us, task? Two of us edit. Okay. And yeah. And we we um it's interesting because we have different styles, but I think we uh we we play off each other, we learn from each other, and I think we push each other a little bit. Like it's a bit like the Beach Boys and the Beatles, like we're trying to constantly update <laughs> each other a little you, bit. He's at twenty three thousand subscribers and you're comparing yourself to the Beach Boys <laughs> yeah, and know. the Beatles. I understand. Pretty soon you'll be bigger yes. than bigger than Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the the third guy doesn't have the the bandwidth and the and the patience I think that you an editor takes. Um like you know, one of the things that I've also discovered is this this uh, um, enjoyment of doing like documentaries, mm. um, which well, I each each week is a documentary. Essentially, you're video editing well, something that you're no, documenting. No, these are actually official kind of documentaries. Like, could be airing on PBS or well, or whatever. You know, like they're um, or CBC. They could be. You know, they're literally documentaries, like documentary films, at least to the ability, to the extent that I'm able to make them. Just because and, you're using the Ken Burns font does not necessarily something it does. <laughs> well, it's a lot of slow pans over photo, photos. <laughs> and, and, and star wipe, and star wipe, and star wipe. Yes, <laughs> lots of, yes. <laughs> no, that's but, really exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah, interesting. Like, yeah, this week I'm I'm hopefully finishing up. I've, I've been doing... um. A, a documentary on the history of Parker Brothers games, who are really? famously famous famous for Monopoly, Risk, Clue, Sorry, um, Boggle. Well, Trivial they were Pursuit. they were it. They were the game. I didn't know they did Trivial Pursuit as well. I thought that was a Canadian concoction. Well, not originally. It was a Canadian concoction, um, and those guys had it through a Canadian publisher. Um, but then that publisher went bankrupt, and Parker Brothers loved the game so much that they bought that the bought up the the, the bankrupt company basically. And, and so they, they scooped up trivial pursuit, you know, more or less in its infancy. Right. It was already a, a kind of a hit, but they, they were able to, to purchase it. So, um, but it's interesting because I've been working on that project probably since maybe April or May and September now. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a lot, you, there's a lot of photos you need to gather and a lot of, um, resources you tap into and so forth to do the research. Well, but, and, the, and then there's a licensing of those photos, and there's the the legal uh, research and make sure that you're you're not making any mistakes. Because documentaries, by definition, yep. need to document. You have to be correct in yes. your. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, in in the case of the 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 photos and that sort of thing, like the you know, again with with board game stuff. I mean, there's not like I, I think. Uh, People are just happy to have this stuff out there, you know. Well, and you can you can take a picture of your board game, and I I doubt you'd have any difficulty saying, you know, well, oh, I took the photo, I own the photo, oh, absolutely. And I and I try and respect you know copyright and that sort of thing as well as much as possible. But there's some photos that, for example, are advertisements for board games that sure. came out. Well, that's I mean maybe it's copyright somewhere, but but they're they're neat to have. It, it, well, and but it's an it's an advertisement. It was yeah. meant for 
putting it out there. So, <laughs> oh no, I'm just, I'm just trying to throw you. Want to come after me? They can, but I, no, I'm I just looking. I'm just looking to scare you for no reason at all. I'm sure yeah, you. Okay, <laughs> your duck, your ducks, Nathan. If anyone's ducks are in a row, it's it's yeah. got to be your ducks. <laughs> but it is, but it is interesting to you know to realize that you know in some ways I might be one of the world's foremost authorities on Parker Brothers games. Wow. Because there's not that many people out there that really know about it, you know. Uh, so, uh, okay, what's the Monopoly man's real name? Well, it was originally uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags, but then they changed it in the year 2000, I think it is. Do you know what it's now? Well, okay, well, I'm going to ask you, what was Pennybags' first name? Um, I'm trying to remember that. I should know that. You should. It was Milburn Pennybags. Milburn, okay. I happen to know that. And I wanted okay. to share that with you. <laughs> now, what's he called now? Let's uh, see. Move that back to you. Uh, Jeff. Uh, that's all the time we have for today on uh, <laughs> on Mondo Random. No, no, no what Hasbro, is his name now? Hasbro came in and kind of ruined him because I was like rich, rich Uncle Milburn Pennybags. Now he's just Mr. Monopoly. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, what a lack of imagination there. Like, oh my gosh. Well, especially when you consider the history of Monopoly as it used, it wasn't at once a, a kind of rebellion against capitalism. Monopoly, the woman who invented it, wanted yeah. to wanted to demonstrate how capitalism left unchecked will turn a family against each other. Yes, as every Monopoly game ever played has done. <laughs> yeah, it was originally the landlord's game. That's right. Um, yes, that's right. And uh, and uh, that lady took the game to George Parker. Uh, who turned it down. Um, and then Charles Darrow, who invented Monopoly, and they they he didn't copy the landlord's game. It was maybe inspired by it or whatever. Um, and he brought his game to the Par- Parker Brothers team, and they basically rejected it, saying it's too long, it's too complicated. Um, you know, and it's about real estate investing. Who wants to play play that? Um, but then it began to Charles Darrow was selling it on his own and he it began to catch on and he was just couldn't keep up with the orders. And so he was looking for someone to take it off uh, his hands. And um, the the president of Parker Brothers at the time, Robert Barton, got a, a you know, found out that it was popular. And he said, you know what, we should take another, another look at it. And they ended up uh, taking it. And interestingly, they went back. To the landlord ladies game bought up her patent so she was paid for her and she got credit um on for the game's design excellent uh, and charles darrow got credit always for the game's design but interestingly parker brothers whenever they came there was a game out there that even closely resembled monopoly they bought it up so they they created a monopoly on monopoly. <laughs> well, then you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so follow your dreams. Follow your build it and they will come. Yeah, <laughs> They're exactly. all great axioms. <laughs> uh, okay, so I actually I have a little bit of trivia for you if you're interested. Because sure. I didn't know this. Uh, but Mr. Green, if you're familiar with Clue, Clue is one of my all-time favorite movies. We're going to talk a little bit about movies as well. Uh, yeah. But I have to tell you, Clue is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And Mr. Green, of course, played by Michael McKean. Right? Yeah. Take my word for it. He does a great job. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I saw it. It's been years. I just remember Tim Curry, and oh, yeah. that's about it. Well, I, 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 this is, I'm not really talking about the movie so much as the game, because when I was a kid, Clue, of course, had a British version. And the British mm-hmm. version had Mr. Green as Reverend Green. Yes. And they got rid of Reverend Green in place of Mr. Green. But I just found out earlier this year they changed it again. 
They have, yeah. And they've made Mr. Green Mayor Green. He's aspired to political life, and he's now Mayor Green. And because he's mayor, you have to give it a town. So now Clue has an official town that Clue is in, which is, (laughs) for those who are just tuning in, do you know the name? Uh, No, I'm not sure. Bonnyville? No, no, it's Hueville, as in H-U-E. They're all different colors, so it's Hueville. (laughs) And I, I just found this out literally this week. And, yes. And as much as my mind could be blown <laughs> for such pedantic <laughs> information, I was kind <laughs> of blown away that they would change. I don't know why they did, but they did. Yeah. I, I know that they changed the names as well. I think it's now Chef White. Okay. Okay, sorry. Okay. Mrs. White was a, initially swapped out for Dr. Orchid. So Miss Miss White, Mrs. But or- White, but orchids come, or, but orchids come in all kinds of colors. I know. Well, I guess the piece was still white, but it was Doctor Orchid in 2016. I know. The, I know the the video game there was Clue VCR, which I had included a lot of extra characters. There was Sergeant Gray and yes. Monsieur Brunette and Miss Peach, <laughs> and there was uh, I think yeah. Madame Rose. That was another yeah. good. Yeah. But, uh, no clues are fucking. Okay, so so Nathan Lee, I have to ask yeah. you, uh, if someone were to take up this hobby, this passion, this obsession, this time killer, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yep. or and a uh, resource depleter. You're and, not biased at all. <laughs> not, but, no, no, I'm not actually. I, I think board games are great, but I just the people that I've spoken to with spouses in the gaming community uh, would love some more closet space. For themselves, yes, that's say. true. That's true. So, so being a a, a a a paragon of integrity within the gaming community, <laughs> if I were to ask for three recommendations that you might share with uh, anyone listening that is interesting in in, um, in in taking this up as a hobby, as a passion, as an obsession, where would you point them if you if you had the to, if you were forced at gunpoint to pick three games? maybe at different skill levels, where would you send people if they're looking to pursue this? Um, well, it's a, it's a great question. Um, a long question. It, yeah, very long question. Um, so I'll give a bit of a long answer in the sense that uh, it does, I think it does matter uh, that you know the people that you're, you're talking to. One of, the, one of the great things about board games is there's so many different themes so if you love a specific theme, if there's something that is, um, you know, something that you you particularly enjoy, like you, if you're a bird watcher, for example, there's a game out there called Wingspan. Uh, you know, if you're a sci-fi fan, they there's tons of games where you can, uh, you know, live that out and so forth. Um, so I think part of my, I, I'll give you a couple of general answers now, but I think again, there's there's themes that can you know win people over uh, if they have an interest in that particular thing. It's like books, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I I will never read Danielle Steele or one of the uh, Harlequin romance novels, but for the right person. They're awesome. Well, right? the theme, but the theme is one thing, but there are the mechanics as well. Because the mechanics yeah. of a game and the theme, you can have two very different kinds of games about sci-fi or about Batman or about, yes. you know, or you know what I mean. So there's there's a lot of a sliding scale as far as the how long you're going to be playing, whether you're playing with cards or with dice yes. or with action figures yeah. or yeah. with you know other physical things you need to deal with. 
like the popomatic trouble bubble popper yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like there's, there's, um, and the good news is there's a lot of games out there that have moved past the roll and move mechanic, you know, yeah. which dominated at board games when we were growing up. It's For like sure. The, the only type of games you could play were, were you roll a dice, you move that many spaces. And yeah. You want, you, when you want the Mork and Mindy game, you get the Mork and Mindy game and it's yes. a roll and move. You want the yeah, cheers exactly. game, you get the cheers game, roll and move, whatever game you wanted to get. That's exactly what it was. That's uh, yeah, exactly. And the, fortunately things have moved on a lot. And I, th- I think what's funny is I think there's a lot of people out there when I say I enjoy board games, that's what they think of, which is like, <laughs> wow, that would be pretty awful if, if my, my, my favorite game of all time was the Mork and Mindy, uh, you know, game or the, <laughs> you know, one well, the worst of it is, I think the game came out before, before, uh, mirth. So it was before Jonathan Winters, the game came out. If memory yeah. serves, and that yes. kind of, I mean, that's like the best part of the show. It's birth. Come on. Anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So, so okay. I, yeah. I got distracted. There. So, so finish so, your thought. Yeah. So, um, you know, so yeah. So the, the, the um, games that I would typically say would be a good introduction. The, the stereotypical answer would be Settlers of Catan. Right. Um, which a lot of people like, cause there's, um, you know, some trading and it's, you know, it's a fairly, simple uh easy to learn game and it doesn't take too long to play if memory serves yeah you can play a game easily within 45 minutes to an hour if you're experienced right um, and maybe even potentially faster but uh, well, if you, if you cheat you know it takes no time yeah. at all if you cheat <laughs> yeah depends on how on how I, I find that game if anything um it, it's the negotiations that take up the time right right so um, so for example, uh, I'll just throw out a few ideas just off the top of my head. Um, if it was an, if people liked kind of, um, the financial type, like a monopoly game, or they didn't like monopoly, then I'd recommend a game called acquire. Um, it's an old game from the seventies, uh, but it's been just actually re-released, uh, this year. They have a new edition that came out. That's excellent. And, um, th- that's a game where you're uh, buying and selling shares in hotel chains, um, and it, it sounds really kind of dull, but it's a really fun game. It's very cutthroat and it's actually quite simple. You basically, you have some tiles that you play on the, you play one on the board, you buy some shares and then the next person takes their turn it's or not, you drop, drop a fresh tile. Nothing but, dull about that at all. I mean, look at Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett recently passed away and he was, yeah. I, I believe the third or fourth wealthiest position on the planet. Yeah. And it I wasn't, and it wasn't, the, it wasn't cheeseburger in paradise that got him there. It was his hotels. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's where the, that's, you know, the house that parrots built. Wow. Yeah. No, I heard, I saw that. I couldn't believe it. Um, and so, um, anyway, so that, uh, that's a, uh, uh, you know, potentially a good one. Um, I did play an, another one um, uh, recently, um, which is called, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? It just, I had it and then I lost it. Um, That's right. We can fix everything in, yeah, in editing. Um, it's a uh, night. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> so um, another game that I might recommend if people love that kind of negotiation and if they like kind of a bit of a sci-fi theme is a game called Moonrakers. Moonraker uh, based on the James Bond hit? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> that would have been awesome. You could be Jaws if you wanted to. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
so um, yeah, that game is a really neat one because uh, it's all about negotiation. So you draw a card and there's a mission that you have to accomplish, but you, you well, it's, there's a few different ones you can choose from. Some of them are easy, but they're not worth that many points. There's some bigger ones that are difficult, but if you can get a couple allies to work with you on um, on completing them, then you can maybe share in the spoils, but it's, you have to negotiate what those spoils are and what the, you know, so there's a lot of fun kind of back and forth uh, on that one. Yeah. And you've got life skills that you're, you're developing. I have to ask you say that, that you want to know the person that you are before you recommend a game, but I'm assuming that the person that is playing the game is going to want to have an idea, as you said earlier, of who they're playing with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because, because if they're if the people they're playing with aren't remotely interested in acquiring and you know wheeling and dealing, then yeah. you know you may you may look elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I say it's always best to know the crowd that you're you're playing with, and it may take a few times to play a couple of games that they don't like before you really learn their taste. But once yeah. you got it, then you know what games they'll like, and you can bring that. And the other one that I was going to recommend that's really quite uh, fun. It's an example of the worker placement uh, genre. And it's one that might appeal to you as well. It's called viticulture. And essentially, you are running a winery. <laughs> one for you, one for me. <laughs> two for you, one, two for me. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but it's a, it's a neat game where you, you, there's many different ways you can go about it. You can create a winery that just makes like cheap wine, you know, the bottom of the barrel kind of discount wine from the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the local corner store, or you can make fine champagnes and you can make the finest wine, or you can run it more of like a tourist attraction if you want to, and have lots of visitors come by and, and so forth. So <clears throat> there's kind of different styles of, of um, winery that you can yeah. choose to run and you can win with any of them. Right. You don't even have to sell wine. You just have to sell pictures of, of your, your wedding party with a burrow. And yeah. <laughs> there you go. You've yeah. got yourself a winery. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's, it gives you that option, which I think is really neat. So, um, and it's not hard to learn and it, and it plays, um, it plays in about 45 minutes. I would say maybe an hour, depending if, if there are people are need, needing to think a little bit, but it, it right. plays relatively quick. And that's and viticulture. It's called viticulture. It's called viticulture. Yeah, okay. it's not a, the most dynamic name, but, that's uh, right. but it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice. We we use it as a kind of a, a end of the night game when we don't. You know, we've been thinking really hard about uh, some other heavier games, and that we want and you just to want to enjoy a glass of fake wine. Yes, and you can. <laughs> well, you can have a glass of wine, of real wine, while you play. A lot of you, people actually recommend that. You're opening the world to me here, Nathan. I had no idea. You could. Okay, <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, yeah. A any other any other thoughts on games you'd recommend? Well, I mean, I have my favorites, but again, if if people are into heavier fare, a reason, you know, what I would call midweight, but probably a lot of people would say is heavier uh, in terms of complexity. Twilight Struggle still remains one of my favorite games of all time. I just think it's a brilliant, brilliant design. Excellent. Um, and uh, what what makes it as if, as if you recall, it was a game about the Cold War. Well, you said you said it was about Vietnam, did you not? No, that was a different one. Fire in the Lake. This one is Twilight Struggle. You remember the the vampire one? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. So the so that was the one that kind of brought me back to the hobby um, after many years away. And what it, what's just so incredible about that game, and why some people actually don't like it, is because 
it's it recreates the Cold War tension, unlike anything I've I've played in the sense that both players simultaneously feel like they're losing the game badly at the same time. <laughs> and I, is that in a slogan on the box? It's like you're both going to feel <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're playing cards and you're like and it just feels like you're not getting ahead and you're not you know and and you're letting things get out of hand in South A- Southeast Asia when you're trying to focus on South America or whatever. Yeah, you, you close your eyes for ten seconds and boom, Sputnik is flying around. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. That's really uh, that, fun. There's actually that mechanic in the game where you are re- also trying to uh, beat each other on the space race as well. So. It, it ties in a lot of things, but I've I've just found there's no game like it for just the tension that it creates. Right, and so we're looking. That's called it's called Twilight Twilight not, Struggle. Twilight Struggle. So if you see yeah. vampires or werewolves on the box, yeah, yes, it's the wrong. Game. The, the vampires are one, <laughs> the west and the east. Who knows which of the vampires and which of the werewolves? Either way, yeah. you want to Twilight <laughs> Twilight Struggles. It's called. Yes. Yes, but okay. for some, I know some people who don't like the game because of how it makes them feel. <laughs> because oh, really? That's it's seriously. It's not like you, you, you. It, it's feel. You just feel tension the whole do you, time. Do you do you end the night with a firm headshake and uh, silence? Yeah, and a shot of vodka. Because <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who wins, but it nevertheless. Yes, it okay, so let me ask you this. Um, okay, now when you sit down to play. Your your board games, uh, yeah. whether you do them in person or you do them if you're doing them virtually, do yeah. you have particular snacks that you enjoy or food? What's your setup as far as your um, your, your beverage would, of choice, your food of choice? What do you like? Well, um, it depends where we are in the night, um, but I'm I'm good about snacks. I'll I'll eat anything, but I will say that the choice of drink does matter. All right. If if it's um, in early on or in the middle of the night. Typically, anything with caffeine is very helpful. Right, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> just because, especially some games, just mentally, it can kind of wear you out a bit. Sure, <laughs> so sure. You need, if, if you have any sort of uh, like Pepsi, Coke, something like that. Um, and then, of course, if you reach the end of the night, you're playing some of the lighter games to finish off, then a beer is totally fine. But I find I don't want to drink a beer sometimes early on because I feel like I lose my edge. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Why I need to stay sharp. But uh, but after you know, once you've moved on to the kind of the final game or whatever, then sure, finish off with a beer or two and and enjoy that. Right. Well, if you start the mid- if you if you start in the middle of the night, you may go till it's mimosa time, and then you yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, hard. now let me ask you this: uh, as far as games go, uh, I like I'm a big movie fan, as you know. And I always like to yeah. talk to people about the kinds of movies that they enjoy, and I'm wondering if there's a particular game themed movie or game related movie, whether it's the first Jumanji or the second Jumanji. <laughs> the original Jumanji um, with Robin Williams and the new one with The Rock and Kevin Hart or yeah. any other particular game themed films. Are, are there any that speak to you? Uh, well, there's not a ton of them. There, there's been talk of the Monopoly movie for a long time. I I don't I I think it's been but stalled. No, the problem is nobody nobody wants to film a movie in Atlantic City. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I heard Kevin Hart was actually attached to the Monopoly movie a few years ago, but I don't know. I'd watch that. I don't know what happened to it. I love um, I love Kevin Hart. Yeah, uh, and games like I don't know if Battleship counts. As, uh, well, did, uh, did that was a film, was it? I remember now. I yes. vaguely remember that coming out, and that was not to be confused with uh, Operation Periscope. One of them had Kelsey yes. Grammer. I think that was the Operation uh, Periscope. Operation Periscope, Kelsey or Reeves. Up Periscope, or Up Your Periscope, or I think it was Operation Periscope. 
but that's not the battleship film. Yeah, the battleship film radically different. Yes, very different. Yes, and that's theoretically based on the uh, <laughs> the board game game whatever you want. Battleship to call it. is frankly an amazing game though. It's a great it is, time yeah. killer game. It's super yeah. simple. If yeah. you've never played Battleship, it's a lot of fun, and that too can end in rage. Yes, it can absolutely, <laughs> especially if you're little uh, the two the two banger the two uh, two old ship size yeah. two ship gets sunk first. I hate that because that's yeah. your best chance of winning is just hiding that thing in a yeah. Hole. But you can always move them around. I mean, uh, there's a whole reason that yeah, they can't that's see true. you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember as a kid, I made rules where you could actually move the ships around like that was some part of it. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, movies. Well, Clue obviously is top of mind. Um, and I really liked Clue. I love the fact they did multiple endings. I thought it was, you know, very clever. Um, and, and as I, a farce I'm, go, as, as farces go, because it is a farce. Essentially. It's a satire <laughs> and a farce, but but they really knew their stuff. It was a yeah. very well-constructed, the dialogue was great. I'm a big fan of that movie as well. And when that did come out, I saw it in the theater. I saw one of the three endings in the theater. And yeah. then I then I just saw it as a cash grab. So I thought, so I didn't see it after that. <laughs> yeah. But I would watch it on uh, First Choice Super Channel way back when, and they yeah. would show it. And they that's by that point, they had just given up on the multiple endings, and it was just sandwiched into the one ending that is the is the <laughs> overall ending. But no, I, yeah, I agree. It's a fantastic film. Yes. Um, yeah, I, 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 I always liked, uh, liked uh, clues. So um, there's, um, oh, what was it? There is, uh, there is a, a story about Labyrinth being kind of a, a board game. It is. Uh, it's a, it's a sort of a, a, a physical acuity eyesight game. It, for those who haven't played Labyrinth, mm-hmm. it's a wooden box generally with handles on one and another side. And one can turns one controls your vertical plane, the other controls your horizontal plane, and it kind of moves a marble around this maze. And you kind of control yeah. it with your dials. And there are holes all throughout, and you have to avoid the holes. And they did make that into a really great movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, there but I mean it's 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 interesting because there's not really there's no, you know, there's no plot to Labyrinth the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, there's certainly documentaries that, you know, have been made. But, I mean, it's it's hard to turn Scrabble into a movie. You know, it's just yeah. – it doesn't have the, the same uh, – apparently there's a Ouija movie as well. I don't know if that's a board game exactly, but that's – I mean – they. I think they said – they used – there was a big controversy, if I recall, about the Ouija board – Because they would sell it in game stores. And a lot of people were seeing it as a religious or a sacrilegious item and would want it removed and kept away from children. There was a huge, I remember there was a huge controversy about that. Yeah, it it has ties to, you know, the occult, I guess. Sure. Um, But, and and Milburn Pennybags doesn't. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, that can't, Ouija took took off in the, in the, um, in the 60s, I believe became really that was when it's heyday it had been around at that point already it was around i think since the 1880s okay but, um but it really hit it big and and in the city well 1960s. i i had heard it was the 70s because it was the film the exorcist that really yeah, yeah. that actually propelled that game the ouija board yes that's when it started outselling things like monopoly and uh yes 
Yeah, it did actually. I think it was in '67, though. It, I think it, it outsold Monopoly. Well, we can look it up because I know that because uh, yeah, because the, the Exorcist was '73, so you could be right or or you could be dead wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's just from memory. <laughs> we'll I, look it up. I will look memory these days. I will look it up. I'll look it up and I'll take a moment to to thank Nathan Lee. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us here. Yeah. Um, and um, before I let you go, please do tell us how to uh, track you down on Legendary Tactics so you can get that number up to 30,000 subscribers. Yeah, well, that'd be great. Yeah. So, well, I mean, just go to YouTube and search for Legendary Tactics um, or Legendary Tactics board games. Um, there is a an album by someone named Legendary Tactics. So that album may come up in your search first, but just keep scrolling down and you'll find. Uh... Have, have you already <laughs> Have you already checked to see whose who's name came out first? Uh, it, I think it depends on, I think they do customize it a little bit to the individual. So if, uh, if you Google a lot of music, they, it may come up. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, did you come up with the, the your game? Oh, no, they, they were before us. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we, it was actually named, our, the original intention of the, of the channel was, um, to play a game called League of Legends, uh, which is, uh, a game I don't really love all that much. It's an online game. And uh, they came out with a, a variant called Team Team Fight Tactics. And so my friend put the two together and came up with Legendary Tactics. That's pretty good. Um, it's a great name. Yeah, it, it works for us. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's fun. But um, but anyway, yeah, so we, we uh, it, you may run into that that band. But other than that, just keep scrolling down. You'll, you'll find us. Excellent. Uh, they're pretty easy to find. Well, Nathan, I thank you so much. Nathan Lee's been with us uh, on this inaugural edition of the reboot yes. of Mondo Rando. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, my final question. Is there any hobby or any type of pastime that you've ever been curious about but don't know anything about? Because we're looking, I'm always, I'm always glad to talk to new people. And if you give me a suggestion of someone that you would like to talk to, I can go yes. out and track them down. Oh, that's interesting. Um yeah, you know what? There's a there's a lot of you know what a hobby I've always wondered about is tap dancing. Tap dancing. Yeah, I've always I've always thought it's fun to watch. I've even like the the old Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly movies. You know, there's always yeah. tap dancing at some well, point. It's, it's it's always a bit uh, suspicious when a man in the financial industries <laughs> wants yeah. to learn how to tap dance <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, you know what you leave that with me i will find a tap dancer and i'll share all the information they yeah, have well have them on the podcast that absolutely could be, uh, be really interesting that's a great suggestion nathan you have a great uh, rest of your day and we'll chat again soon all right thanks so much all right you have been listening to Mondo Rando Radio on MidtownRadio.ca. My name has been Randolph J, and I want to extend my enormous thanks to our good friend Nathan Lee for sharing his love of board games with us this week. If you'd like to learn more about his channel, Legendary Tactics, the best thing to do is to go straight to YouTube and look up Legendary Tactics. A lot of great videos to be enjoyed. And if you are new to the world of board games, they do make it a lot of fun, and it might inspire you to learn more. If you're already a board game fan, well, this channel is for you. Again, it's Legendary Tactics on YouTube. Our guest was Nathan Lee. And I'm already, the wheels are turning. 
listening. I'm, I've got some ideas in my head for a tap dancer. Hopefully, we'll get a tap dancer on for next week's program. In the meantime, if you would like to touch base with me, please do. My email address, once again, is Radio Rando. That's Radio Rando at gmail.com. You can also find the Facebook page, which is Mondo Rando. And that's two words, Mondo Rando. Head over there, see my smiling face, and share your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and passions, especially your passions. If there's something you're passionate about, a particular hobby, for example, or if you uh, want to learn more about a hobby and would like to hear a guest on this program talking about that particular pastime, let me know and I will do my best. I'll beat the bushes. I'll go through my Rolodex. And yes, I do still have a Rolodex. And I will find the guest for you. Or if you happen to be a semi-expert in the field of your choice, let me know. And maybe you too can join us on a future installment of Mondo Rando Radio. In the meantime, have a great day. Get out there. Enjoy yourself. And whatever you do, find some time to make someone happy. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.